Welcome to the Diversity at Work podcast, where we unpack what it's really going to take to close the gender gap in the workplace. Here is your host, leadership coach and diversity consultant, Andrea Jansen. Hello, on this episode of the Diversity at Work podcast, we are taking a bit of a different spin. I got to interview Jamie DeVoe, who is a chef and was recently on the Food Network show, Wall of Chefs, which he actually won. On this episode, we talked about food and how slowing down in times like these is a great way to ground yourself and connect with your family. We also talked about how food is such a great way that humans connect with each other. And when we're in this state of isolating ourselves, how we can actually still do that to keep those relationships going and find a little bit of positivity in these difficult times. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Can you introduce yourself and tell me what you're all about? Oh, well, first off, thank you so much for inviting me. This is a really cool experience, and I'm really excited to be able to do something like this. Um, My name's Jamie DeVoe. I'm a food blogger. I'm in the process of starting up a small food business um, along the lines of catering uh, small events uh, here in Halifax. Uh, But my background is in home decor. I spent 10 years working in lighting and kitchen design. Uh, which sort of ties into what I'm doing now. Um, But my passion has always been in creative endeavors between fine arts and and creating beautiful dishes and food. Uh, So recently I had the opportunity to, uh, after having been laid off from designing kitchens, I had the opportunity to uh, really jump in feet first and get into the food world um, and started by applying for a cooking show that aired recently, uh, Wall of Chefs, which I won. And from that, congratulations! That's pretty amazing. <laughs> you so you went from being laid <laughs> off. You're like, I'm going to apply to a cooking show to winning. That is pretty amazing. <laughs> and thank you. Um, from there, I, uh, being unemployed, had the opportunity of going through the program with Seed. Uh, which is a an entrepreneurship program uh, for small business startups. Uh, I did the program uh, four years ago. So yes, it helps people get their business off the ground, get started, get financing, navigate all the roller coasters of becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I'm super excited about being in the program. It's uh, really opened my eyes to sort of what I can do in the food world. Um, and what opportunities are available in the market. That said, I think the opportunities have completely changed. The market is in the process of a huge upheaval um, with businesses being closed. Uh, But I feel like I'm in a good spot. I can really focus on the new market and what the sort of landscape will be as we come out of um, this crisis with COVID-19. yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty much what's going on with me. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and so I want to take it back to, I just, I'm really curious about food and people's relationships with food. And when did you realize that things weren't going to be as planned? Just take me back to maybe a month ago, what was going on? And then tell me when you realized it's not going to be life as usual. Yeah, so I mean, I've I've been sort of immersed really 
um, in this program with SEED uh, to the point that I was sort of blinded to a lot of the things that were going on in the world. I didn't really um, pay much attention to the news, uh, what was happening, um, until people started to get really nervous around me. Uh, a lot of the people in my cohort in this program uh, were getting anxious and wondering what it would mean for the program that we're in, what it would mean for their small businesses, because it's a, it's a really sort of difficult time when you're in the very the very early stages, uh, identifying where you want to take your business and, and what that business is going to um, eventually look like. Mm -hmm. So there was, there were a lot of nerves, a lot of apprehension, and uh, especially going into the middle of March, where all of our kids were going to be home and we didn't know for how long. Um, I mean, now it's looking like it, it could be until the next school year. Um, and that's when I really started to, to sort of focus in and say, hey, how is this going to affect me? How is this going to affect the people in my life? Um, I write a cooking blog uh, just as a hobby, uh, posting recipes. And a lot of people started asking, what can I do at home? Um, what recipes can I use um, with the ingredients that I have? Uh, what can I do? What ingredients are, or what recipes are available that are shelf-stable ingredients as people started to brace for the worst? Yeah. Really got me thinking about uh, what that means for the type of business that I'm starting, also what it means for myself as a parent and as a home coach. Yeah, and a lot of your recipes, kind of like before, kind of the slow slowing down um, is kind of what your food recipes focus on. Um, so how does that link to what's going on right now? And where have there been opportunities for you to show up and help people? For sure. I mean, I'm, I'm always really focused on slow food, things that take time, things that you can devote some time to, or that you can set and have cooking in the background for a couple of hours uh, as you carry on your life in your home. Um, I also really like uh, promoting local as much as I can. So the local farmers markets and the farmers market initiatives, uh, I really like promoting them and encouraging people to use those services because our local economies are really um, taking a hit in recent years for farmers and small producers. Uh, so now that we're focused more on being indoors and we have the time to dedicate to making slow food and taking our time and enjoying it. Um, it gives us an opportunity to sort of utilize those resources better. Uh, here in Halifax, there's a farm delivery service. Um, it was once a week, they've bumped it up to twice a week. And their number of orders <clears throat> have tripled in the last wow. week. What's it called? Uh, the Wolfville Farmers Market to go. Okay. I'll put the link in the show notes. Awesome. They're a wonderful resource. Um, they're run by volunteers and small producers and farmers. Uh, and they so get that's such a great way to support businesses right now in this tough time. And it sounds like they stepped up to innovate and serve their customers in a different way. And customers are responding by ordering. So that that's kind of amazing. Definitely. And I love having a platform that I can sort of promote what they do. Um, I think that this is positioning them in a really good place 
when we come out of this sort of crisis time, mm-hmm. uh, because people have been exposed to what they do and the wonderful services that they provide. So I think that uh, by promoting them now, it's really going to help them in the future. And I think that it's going to be great to sort of rebuild what damage there is to our local economy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Producers spend locally, they spend in Nova Scotia. So it's going to really help people in Nova Scotia. And yeah. I think that there's really similar programs that are happening across the country. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, just before all this happened with food, why the focus on slow? Um, sorry, I feel that uh, having worked um, retail and design sort of service-focused jobs, it was really easy for me to get caught up in sort of the, the hustle and bustle, the rush of day-to-day life. And I feel that a lot of people in sort of corporate settings feel the same. Um, I have a seven-year-old and for six years, I was a single parent and just sort of juggling family time and food. Uh, I felt it really necessary to provide him things that were healthy and nutritious and instill in him sort of a value for those things. So I started focusing on sort of quick and easy meals that I could make that had those beautiful flavors in them. We would make uh, marinara sauce from scratch in 15, 20 minutes. Nothing really special, just some diced up tomatoes and veggies and garlic, some olive oil in a pan, and uh, throw it with some cooked uh, box pasta. And we could have a homemade meal that was nutritious and delicious quickly. Uh, And that sort of sparked in me uh, a passion to develop better flavors and sort of build on those flavors and create things that I could be really proud to serve my family. Um, And and I find that in taking the time to do it slowly, there's an educational proponent um, with children around. You can sort of talk to them about the type of foods that they're eating and where the food comes from, which I feel is really valuable. Uh, Again, with um, local producers and farmers markets. And so what value did that add to your life in general, beyond just food, having good flavors? I feel it sort of forced me to carve out time. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to find spare time. But if it comes from like an hour of watching television in the evening, um, this sort of took that place as an opportunity, opportunity to decompress. Um, when I'm having a really stressful day, I just want to get in my kitchen and do what has become more intuitive for me uh, through a few years of just sort of experimenting and trying and really falling in love with uh, more complex flavors and, and things that I could produce myself and the pride in producing them. Uh, forces you forced me to sort of slow down and enjoy that time and spend it with my son, um, educating him on different flavors and different cooking techniques and learning a lot of them myself as we went along. I love that. And it's interesting because I like to shop locally. I like to make things from scratch, but everything I make is fast. So I do make marinara sauce like you described, <laughs> but anything slow and complicated that takes longer than an hour, I I just could not find the time. But now I find myself in this place where we are home for long stretches of time and there's no need to pick up there's no rush to get them from the after school program and get them food before they have to go to hockey practice so help me understand how to make that shift like where is the 
the first step to go from we're rushing, we're rushing to slowing down and just starting to cook slower and enjoy the flavor and engage the family in the meal? I think I think one of the first steps and, and I think what one of the largest hurdles for me was when I sort of embarked on on this journey to to produce good food over like uh, dedicate the time to produce the food that I wanted to be eating um, was sort of giving myself permission. And I think that that's really important is being able to give yourself permission to dedicate that time. Uh, I think it's really easy to say, well, I don't have time. And, and a lot of people don't. But I think if you can say, well, I'm going to take 20 extra minutes to make a recipe that I haven't made before. You find a recipe, it, it could be over your lunch, you're look, scrolling through um, Google or Pinterest and find a recipe that is the type of food that you would like to be eating. Um, find the ingredients, get, get the ingredients that you need. Uh, there's lots of services to do that, like the farmer's markets, uh, the grocery stores, all have pickup services now. Uh, and then sort of give yourself the permission to take the time to sort of um, spend the time in your kitchen and re-familiarize yourself with your palate and what you want to be eating and cook through a recipe. Set, Just start set, it. Set the intention and, and work through one recipe that's something you haven't made before. Um, I find a lot of people are nervous about jumping into cooking things that they're not familiar with or things that they haven't experienced before. But recipes are literally a blueprint to put together uh, a dish. And they give you all of the instructions. They tell you exactly what to do. So give yourself permission to start it. And give yourself permission to fail. Um, if something doesn't go right, throw some extra sauce on it and you have a dish. It's, it's going to be fine. Um, so what about now where some in some grocery stores you can't get everything? There's limited stuff. So what recommendations do you have for people like me who are like, I like this idea, but my pantry may be limited. Some of these ingredients we may not have available right now in my local store. Where, what can we do about that? I think it's really important to have a well-stocked pantry. Um, I personally find it so fulfilling when I can open my pantry and find exactly what I'm looking for. So what are the basics? Um, I, I always say dry ingredients. Make sure that you have, um, you don't want to be trying to roll pasta from flour and eggs every night. Have a few boxes of different shapes of noodles. Um, have chickpeas are awesome. I always recommend people to have bags of chickpeas and black beans. They, they're so versatile and they last forever in your pantry. You're not going to open your pantry and find a moldy bag of beans. Um, with chickpeas, you can make snacks for the week by just boiling them for a couple hours. Or I now rely so heavily on my instant pot. Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily for producing whole meals because I like putting things in the oven low and slow for a long time, but to throw a couple cups of dry chickpeas in the Instant Pot for 45 minutes to an hour um, and then just put them in the food processor with some garlic, lemon, olive oil, and you have a great hummus and that can be snacks for a week. It, it, I find um, having those dry ingredients is really crucial. Um, also different sauces. I always think people should have a couple of different types of vinegars. Um, a really good olive oil is worth its weight in gold. Sometimes it costs its weight in gold if you go really fancy. 
um, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, a simple extra virgin olive oil is going to be super versatile. I always like having balsamic, red wine vinegar, white vinegar. Um, and then root vegetables this time of year are so plentiful. And by buying them locally, you're supporting so many different people. I always like to have potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, some winter squash. And we can usually get those in the grocery store today. Usually. Oh, totally. Absolute yeah. local and ones in the grocery store. They're so plentiful that they're never really out of stock. Even yeah. now with people hoarding foods, it's something that you can typically find. Um, okay, so we go to the grocery store, we get the pantries, and where should we start? Like, do you have recipes that you recommend that someone start with? Oh, definitely. I love, if you want to do something that's really going to sort of like, uh, or I find for my palate that really would light my fire to start cooking would be like a, a simple curry, something that has mm. like lentils and maybe a tomato sauce or some coconut uh, milk. And really they're so foolproof as long as you um, let it cook sort of low and slow for a long time, mm -hmm. you're going to develop awesome flavors. Okay. So start with the curry. That sounds awesome. Curries are, are so simple and they're so forgiving. It's really hard to mess one up. Um, just don't get it too hot or it's going to burn. So I have a question. Um, so we're going to try and I make curry. So one thing that I am struggling with right now, I don't know if anybody else is, but I feel like I'm cooking and cleaning all day long, like cooking breakfast, loading the dishwasher, and then it's time for lunch. And I'm just, the kids are wanting snacks all the time. Um, how can we simplify this, but also take that time to enjoy the cooking? Because I'm already thinking, I just loaded the dishwasher for, from breakfast. And then if I want to make a proper meal, it's like, I got to start right away and then make mm -hmm. another mess. So how can we simplify this? Uh, there's lots of ways that you can do like one pan dishes for breakfast. Often I'll fry a piece of uh, really crusty sourdough bread in some oil in a pan. And then as soon as that's out, I have an egg in the pan to fry. So you're, um, or you can put like bacon in, in a pan or some vegetables to sort of brown and crisp up and stack it. And you have a really cool open face sandwich, avocado toast. It's sort of our, our generation's signature dish. Um, so one, one pan cooking curries are really good for that too. Mm -hmm. um, also batch cooking I find is super helpful. Um, I'm in my kitchen cooking all the time, so it's become sort of like a test kitchen to try recipes. So I'm always doing things in small batches, but you can very easily bump up the scale of a bat of uh, a dish and have it for a couple of dinners through the night. If you do that with maybe two or three different dishes and you're doubling up on the meals, then you have fewer meals that you have to cook. Yes, because all you have to do is heat it up. Okay, that's a good idea. My next question is about snacks. <laughs> because I feel like my kids are snacking all the time, but to be honest, I am snacking all the time. And being in a house, it's not always because I'm hungry. Sometimes I think it's stress eating. What do you recommend? Because the thing is, when it's a stress eating, I'm not actually enjoying the food. I'm just eating it mindlessly. And I feel like it's not a good situation to um, be in. I, I try as much as possible to offset that with water. I think that one of the best things that we can do when we're stressed is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Uh, our bodies run better when we're well hydrated. Um, so I, I like using like my soda stream or any sort of like carbonated water. It makes it feel a little special. Um, a bartender friend of mine suggested putting a couple dashes of bitters 
in your water. It makes it mm. feel like it's something fancier. But really, these are lawless times that we're in. Uh, a friend of mine uh, equated it to airport rules, where any time of day you might be tempted to pour a glass of wine or start snacking on some chips. Um, and I do that myself. Uh, mm -hmm. Every evening I find that I'm snacking way more than I ever would have before. But I think sort of preparing for the snacks is, is your best uh, chance of making it through them. Uh, yeah, I love that. Like the hummus that you said, suggested. Like if you have hummus and even like corn chips, right? That's better yeah. than just eating a bag of potato chips by itself um, and having it ready in the fridge to go. Okay, I'm, I have one I'm, more question. Okay. Oh, you were going to say something. Can well, I, I'm a really big fan of, um, there's a journalist and food researcher, Michael Pollan, who talks a lot about sort of eating properly and how culture is influenced by food, food is influenced by culture. Um, but one thing that always has really stuck with me after hearing him mention it was um, that if you're going to snack, make it from scratch. Because the things that are the most nutrient rich and that are better for you are going to be whole foods or things that don't take a lot of time. So if you peel some carrots and chop them up into sticks and cut some, some celery sticks and have them in the fridge with some hummus. It's really low invested energy uh, and you can have a snack really quick. I love that. Snacks from chip. scratch. <laughs> it's like That is what I'm going to try starting tomorrow. So thank you for that. So one last question and it's about connecting with people. So I know food, it's not just about eating. A lot of times it's about connecting with people, going out for a, to a restaurants, having people over in your house and serving food. And we can't do that right now. What are some creative ways that we can still be social with food, but not in actual close quarters with someone? Oh, um, I, I think a really good example. This afternoon I was uh, really practically doing uh, some business research and I had a couple of meetings with people to get some some information um, for my business um, and I had to leave the house for the first time in a week and a half uh, and I had planned on cooking a uh, Moroccan lamb curry tagine um, and I, I sort of overloaded my plate I had too many things to get done and had promised my family that we would have, my, my family who are all in Cape Breton, that we would have a video family dinner. Uh, so everybody made their own dinner and we were all gonna sit down at the same time at five o'clock um, to, to have dinner together. And uh, after all of the rushing all day and getting everything done and being sort of uh, panicked and anxious over everything, we sat down and turned on our video network and it diffused everything we had a delicious meal we had great conversation and we got to really enjoy each other's time right we hear a lot about people talking about social distancing and and creating that barrier to stay healthy i really like that the, the movement is shifting a little more towards physical distancing because it's important that we don't socially distance ourselves from the people that add value to our lives. Um, so I think sort of 
I love that language, right? Because we've been calling it social distancing, but it actually, it's really physical distancing. And we need that social connection more than ever right now. Yeah. I love how you created that family (laughs) dinner. I think that is a brilliant idea. It's so simple. You just put put the screen on, you call that person and you just sit there and eat. And I feel like you could even have a competition. (laughs) Like whose dinner's (laughs) going to be better? (laughs) Well, we wouldn't be able to taste it. Yeah, you would be able to just be by looking. That'd be cool. And that'd be really cool for social media posts to share that family dinner that happens virtually. Virtually. Um, so you, you gave us a lot of great tips. And I want to, I always wrap up every podcast interview with an action for people to take within 24 hours. So for people who are looking to slow down with food, what is the best first step that they can do within the next day? Oh, make something that you haven't made before. Get in your kitchen and familiarize yourself with the tools that you have available. Uh, if, if you are concerned about having the ingredients that you need to make a dish, um, get on online. We have, we have access to so much information right now. Um, it's very easy to find a recipe or get a recommendation for a recipe um, that uses the ingredients that you have on hand. Could you actually even just give me the recipe for the marinara sauce and I'll put it in the show notes. I think that's a really great place for people to start. For sure. I mean, that's something that I just sort of feel my way through, but I can definitely give sort of a base and some recommendations for, for the ways that it can be adapted to use what you have on hand. I think that would be fabulous. So I'm going to put that in the show description. So Jamie, if people want to learn more about you and read their blog, your blog, how do they do that? My blog is at theslowbraze.com. Tons of recipes and information there. Uh, you can also find me on most of the social media outlets uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at The Slow Braze. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all this great information about slowing down, enjoying food, and really connecting with food and connecting with people during this time of physical isolation. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. And I really hope that people are just able to sort of move forward from this point in uncertain times with a little bit of um, calm and, and some some interest in slowing down and making foods that, that they want to be eating. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Hi there. Before you go, I was wondering if I could ask you a huge favor. Can you click on iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review and also a comment? This would mean the world to me. It also helps us to spread the word about the podcast and attract higher profile guests. We want to be able to deliver thought leadership around diversity inclusion every single week and having more reviews on iTunes will help us to do that and help us to keep the show going for free for you. So please head to iTunes right now, give us a five-star review and leave us a comment. Thanks so much. 